0: Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guests are Adani Sanchez and Kathy Shannon of the newly formed Facebook group, either Curbanism Club or CU Urbanism, depending on who you ask. I'm going to ask you, Adani, what exactly is this club and how do I pronounce it?
1: So, I like to call it Curbanism Club. I like the way it all rolls together. This is a club for people who are interested in a walkable city. There are people who are interested in different modes of transportation, building community centers where all of our neighborhoods are connected and so you're able to visit people in different neighborhoods because there are sidewalks everywhere because there are easy ways to get around and you don't have to have a car. I'm interested in encouraging our city and our surrounding areas to build infrastructure to make it easier for people to connect with each other. So that's through transportation, that's through sidewalks, that's through infrastructure for pedestrians. That's also affordable housing. That's also increasing the options that we have for housing in our community so that everyone, regardless of their income, has a place to stay. So I think it covers a variety of things that's for people who are interested in reducing sprawl in our communities, so to reduce the environmental impact that we have. So I think it's a big umbrella. So if people are interested in anything like that, that's this club is for you. And we're going to try to encourage people to, to speak up and talk
0: about these issues so that Maybe we can make a change. Kathy, how do you say it and how exactly do you envision this project?
2: I also say Curbanism Club, although happy to hear people say CU Urbanism as well, kind of emphasizing the urbanism portion of it. So I'm actually, I'm newly a member, an alternate on the Champaign Planning Commission. One of the things that they told us in training was people don't show up to plan commission if they're in favor of a project, They show up to oppose those are the people who show up and that just for me just kind of emphasized the role of urbanism is that we have to show up to say yes to things we know that there are some things in our community that are great and there are other things that really really need to change so we want to be out there doing positive advocacy for real change
0: so i'm hearing from both of you that it's about transportation it's about affordable housing it's about change. It's about accessibility for everyone in spite of income. Is that kind of the umbrella of what you're both saying? I'll start with you, Adani.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think this idea of how do we structure our cities deals with a whole bunch of different issues. So it does seem really, really big, but we know that these things are interconnected, right? We know about politics. We're talking to all these people about all these issues and there actually is so much overlap. And I think urbanism is one of these great microcosms or not even a microcosm, like it's, it's actually right there. It's connected to all these different things. It's connected to how we plan out our neighborhoods and our cities, who lives where, why are certain people living in certain areas? And why is it difficult to move out of those neighborhoods and into new, like high opportunity neighborhoods, as they say, where do those things come from? And they're all rooted in several things that are directly related to urbanism, ideas and elements. And so we just want to make sure that we're kind of pushing that and encouraging that because we, we want to see a community that's built for everyone where you don't need to have a car where we're thoughtful about what our carbon footprint is. We're reducing the reliance on cars. We're encouraging people to be able to go to different neighborhoods through the bus systems, be able to bike places. I think these things are all related and I love how urbanism kind of brings them all together in alignment. So that's very exciting.
0: Kathy, let me ask you a little bit about how this club started. Whose idea was it? Who was in on the ground floor?
2: Adani and I, we were talking about organizing a panel discussion for the local Champaign County Democratic Party on housing. We're both interested in affordable housing and figuring out how do we get rid of exclusionary zoning. So we met, we started talking, we were very enthusiastic. We kept going and going and going. We realized, you know what, this is way more than just a panel discussion. And it's something that we need a separate organization to advocate for. So the first thing we did was set up just a happy hour, you know, to see who all would be interested in this. And Donnie posted the event and we invited all the people we thought would be interested. And we were amazed how many people showed up and how excited they were and how enthusiastic they were so you know at that point we're like wow we've got an idea we've got a lot of people who are interested what do we do next so we set up a facebook group you know as we have time and as we learn more you know so first donnie designs this fabulous business card. And then I'm like, Oh, maybe we need a website. And I've never designed a website before. So I'm going to play around with that a little bit. And then we do a flyer. And then I'm like, you know what, we really need a newsletter because we need to be regularly emailing the people who are on our email list. But the conversation on email is a little bit sporadic. It's not as regular as the Facebook group. So I'm like, I need to be in people's inbox at least once a week. So it's kind of grown as we have time. And as we see a need, it's not terribly systematic. You know, this is just us having fun because, and I'm going to attribute this to Adani as well. She always says activism should not feel like homework. It should be fun. Adani, would you like to add to that?
1: Yeah. I don't know if y'all know about this, but I'm an extrovert and I enjoy being social. (laughs) And the things that I do. (laughs) The things that I do, I want to enjoy doing them. Making it explicitly social was kind of like a big part of it. But also, I think that that's important for sustaining engagement. Like, we want to make it fun, we want to make it something worth Attending, you're getting something else out of it. But also, I'm a newcomer to this idea just a couple of years ago. I couldn't have defined zoning for you. So, this is kind of new. And then just to realize that there are people who've been working on this. Like, I didn't know about all the bike projects. And so, they were all interested in this the activism around safe biking in our community and just the way that people are so excited to engage with these ideas and have already been engaging. So, that was another awesome thing to realize is that, oh, again, I'm finding out that this aligns in so many ways with what people are already doing. And so again, trying to support what those people are doing and trying to make sure that we're connecting with people who are interested in this. I agree. I think that it should be social and just kind of finding and realizing that people were already so passionate about this in so many different ways and to try to connect them. Like, I think one of my skills is facilitation and trying to just connect people like you're excited about this and you're excited about this. So like, why don't y'all talk over a social hour and connect in these ways? And I think that that's really exciting just to kind of see and, and to be able to support that kind of facilitation and connection.
0: We're going to come back to Curbanism Club in a second, but we have to take a step back to both of you. Kathy, you are vice president of the Unit 4 school board. There are very few bodies that I would not have the stomach for more than that to take and absorb the vitriol and criticism from the community of the school board. How do you handle all of the input and all of the criticism coming your way?
2: It gets tough sometimes, not going to lie. There's criticism that comes from people who I don't necessarily respect their ideologies. You know, that I don't mind. I don't mind standing up and saying it's essential that we work on equity in our schools. It is essential that we have an education that works for everyone, that is accessible for everyone. So if someone disagrees with me on that, I have no problem with that criticism. That doesn't bother me at all. What is challenging sometimes is we all have different ideas about how we're going to work on the issues that we have. And so that's hard to hear criticism when people are angry about the ways that we're doing things, the choices that we're making. But honestly, most of my friends and colleagues and people that I respect, even when they profoundly disagree with me, they are always willing to have a conversation. So they'll sit down with me and they will say, why are you doing this? You know, I make the best decisions I can with all the information I have, and we're not always going to agree on how to do things. But I think that most people, when you actually sit down and talk to them face to face, they will understand that you're making the best decisions that you can make with the information that you have. When you are not
0: doing Curbanism Club, when you are not saving the unit for school children, what are you doing in your day
2: job? I am finance director for the Champaign-Urbana Schools Foundation. That's pretty cool because I got, you know, a different view of things. That's a much more positive view of things. So, you know, we get to support teachers with grants for innovative teaching ideas, sometimes for field trips, sometimes for cross-district collaborations. And we get to give out scholarships. We gave out over $50,000 worth of scholarships this last year to support excellent students in both Champaign and Urbana.
0: I'm going to move on to Adani because I don't even know where to encapsulate everything that you do. I know your day job is spent, and I'm dumbing this down, trying to find affordable healthcare for people in Champaign County with the Champaign County Healthcare Consumers. People say the blanket statement that healthcare in America is, quote, broken. Is it, is it fixable? What are you trying to do just in your little part of the world to fix it? A
1: loaded question. That's a big question. We'll have to do a separate whole podcast about that. The short of it is that the systems that we have are not working, right? And, and I'm not entirely sure if broken is even the way to describe that because I don't think they were set up to work right and to support people. So the ideas are, we're seeing clearly that universal coverage, uh, there's no public health without public coverage. We've learned that the hard way these past couple of years through the pandemic is that when people don't have access to care, they're going to stay sick and they're going to get other people sick. And we've seen, unfortunately, the tragic consequences of this and having a government that isn't ready to make that a priority, that isn't ready to make people's health a priority when it affects so much. The idea behind what I'm doing is it's almost like harm reduction. I feel like we're trying to figure out how to connect people with what's there. The state of Illinois is actually making some great progress with trying to get people connected to some kind of health care coverage, regardless of what's going on, you know, doing a lot of things that are really exciting. So we've been able to expand coverage for Medicaid for children who are under 18, Adults, uh, senior immigrants who are unable to get other coverage other places. So there's health care coverage available for a variety of people. I come from Texas, notoriously not interested in protecting people's health, anyone's health so just to be in Illinois and kind of see the work that legislators are doing here to make sure that people are covered is very, very exciting. And so I just wish that we could expand this on a greater level because we know that universal coverage is how you make that happen. That's how you have a healthy population. That's how you keep people from dying from preventable, treatable illnesses and chronic illnesses. We know that that's how you do it. And and so it's just kind of like, how do we build up that kind of momentum? How do we tell people that this is so important and kind of pressuring the right people to do that, like fixable and not fixable, you know, like what we've got just isn't, it's not. So we're just trying to connect people to, we try to find them health insurance. We try to find them ways to buy medication. We're looking for, you know, primary care doctors. We're trying to connect people to, you know, this is how you try to connect here. And so the other thing is that what do we do when there just aren't providers? So trying to kind of problem solve some of this where there's kind of just, it's lacking, right? So that's even beyond just the coverage issues is like, well, We don't have a lot of dental providers that accept Medicaid. We don't have a lot of mental health providers in our community. And this is a big community, right? And and it's still hard when you're low income or when there are waiting lists packing up. It can be pretty daunting, but we're just trying to kind of take it one step at a time. That's what I tell people, like, listen, one step at a time, we're going to try this. And then if that doesn't work, we're going to try this. And then so one
0: step at a time. At least once a day, do you have one of these moments where you realize, okay, I'm in Illinois. We are so lucky to be in a state where the governor cares, where we have two senators that care, where our legislature cares. Does that come to mind a lot? Illinois, we're doing this better than most.
1: Yeah, that's simultaneously relieving and so frustrating because I'm still dealing with all these issues And then I'm helping my parents sometimes with health issues or they're trying to find care. And it's like, oh no. So I do have that stark contrast where it's like, it would just be so much easier if you just came up here and I would know exactly how we could do this and get this done. But then also at work, I'm dealing with all these frustrating things. Like it's unusual for me to run into a totally new problem, but sometimes I will. And I'll be like, what is happening? Who do I talk to about this? And trying to connect with people. Because a lot of what I do is just kind of like, sit on the phone and wait for people to give me answers I can use. And a lot of it also is just kind of bullying people into doing the thing. I know that you are supposed to do this thing. Why didn't you do this thing? And it's like, I'm here to tell you that I know that you were supposed to do that thing and you didn't do it. And I'm going to cause problems if you don't.
0: (laughs) And if anyone can do it in a nice way, wouldn't you agree with me, Kathy? It's a Donnie. Let's circle back to Curbanism Club and how all of this relates. So Everyone who goes to Unit 4 schools, everyone who comes to you for health care, they need a solid foundation, and you don't have that without an affordable place to live, without food on the table, without being healthy, without your health, you don't have anything. I'll ask you this, Kathy. Would you say this newsletter is targeted towards parents or voters, or who are you exactly trying to reach with this newsletter?
2: Really, we're trying to reach anyone who will listen at this point. I want to invite much everybody i know to join the facebook group to join our mailing list to read the newsletter i want it to be as general interest as possible but anyone who cares about justice and accessibility in the community needs to care about these issues so i have a unique perspective because of the school board because of all the issues that we've had with the buses school of choice means that we are busing kids from every neighborhood in town to every different elementary school. And the reason for that is because our neighborhoods are segregated and therefore our schools would be segregated if we do not do something about that. If we would desegregate our neighborhoods by both race and by income level, it would be so much better for all of our schools. It would be better for our lives. It would be better for our community as a whole, for economic development. So I'm sure that that perspective comes through in a lot of the things that I put in the newsletter and a lot of the things I post. But this should also be targeted for people who care. For example, even where we do have sidewalks, we have a lot of potholes. We don't call them potholes for sidewalks. Imagine using a walker or a wheelchair on some of the sidewalks, even in my neighborhood, which we have complete sidewalks and they're as nice as you're going to get in most of town, but still like that's going to be really jarring going over some of those gaps. And so I think that people who care about accessibility should also be caring about this. Adani, what would you add about who are we trying to reach with this? It's a big
1: umbrella, right? I think that we're trying to reach people who have the interest in pushing these ideas. I do want to create a separation that this is kind of focused on advocacy. So it's a privilege to have time and have the brain power to want to sit down and just write a couple sentences to a city council member. And I mean, you know, if people have that availability and want to do it, I encourage it for people who have the time to come out and sit at a city council (laughs) meetings can sometimes be a long time. So it's kind of going to be for people who have that time, but also we try to find easy ways. So if all you have is two seconds, I try to give sample messages that people can send so they can just copy paste, send that out. So it's like, if you agree with this, just send this note, here's exactly where it needs to go. So I think we, we do try to create a varying level so it's not that everyone who has a billion hours is the only people who we're talking to no but also we're sharing information about hey did you know that this is coming up are you interested in supporting this maybe you want to come out to this or maybe you want to know so I think sharing information increases our spread or who we're talking to but yeah I think that it involves a lot of different people and that's I think what we're realizing so I deal with a lot of seniors in my work and I think that my seniors who live on a fixed income are Seeing these prices go up and they're terrified. And because so much of their income goes to just paying the rent, Cunningham Township Supervisor's Office is doing great work around this. They were showing information about how rent burdened we are in our population. And it's like, how how can you say you care about these populations, our seniors, you know, if you're not trying to do something to actively affect the cost of housing. So I do want to focus on they have an apartment building, right, that they're actually supporting people in. So that's like a very direct action. And we're kind of doing advocacy and trying to kind of organize around the structural barriers. You know, it's illegal to build apartment buildings in several parts of our community. In a majority of our community, it's illegal, illegal you're not allowed to do it to build an apartment building. When we run out of housing in this great community that we want to bring a whole bunch of people to, what are we going to do? Are we just going to keep spreading out into the cornfields? I'm sure all the farmers would love that when we start reaching out there and just building, you know, these big lots and single family homes and McMansions and stuff. So it's kind of like, do we have a plan for that? Are we thinking about that? And there are plans. Our cities have plans for this. We need to make sure that they're focusing on building several types of housing and making all these options because when there isn't a lot of housing, the rents go up
0: you know who you're trying to reach. How are you reaching them? You mentioned Facebook. Are you also active on Twitter? Is there an email sign up? How do people
2: get involved? We are active on Facebook. We do have a newsletter that comes out every week that has opportunities for engagement and advocacy. We do have an email list that if a Google Group's email list, so people can email that list. We're not active on Twitter. We have a Twitter account that literally all it does is have a list of followers so I can put something on the website. And roughly once a month, we have happy hours. Sometimes we combine that with, hey, we're going to make comment at a city council meeting. And then before or after, we're going to meet at quality and celebrate with a drink. We're talking about at some point, do we want to have a table? At events like Toasted Taylor Street or Urbana or Champagne Market. We haven't done that yet. We're just very tentatively talking about that. But that would be another potential way of engaging with people. Well, we have some midterms coming up
0: and people like me look to people like you two to say, where do I put my energy? Obviously, nationally is always huge, but I actually like to do phone banking and door knocking and lit dropping. So where do we put our energy as we lead up to the midterms? What do you
2: two suggest? nationally, I really like some of the get out the vote efforts rather than doing things for specific candidates. There are a lot of organizations like Stacey Abrams has Fair Fight. There's one in Michigan that's called, I believe, Voter Access for All is getting out the message that in Michigan, like in Illinois, felons can vote as soon as they get out of prison, even if they are on parole or probation. There's another one called Four Directions, that is activating the Native American vote in multiple different states. And in a lot of these cases, they're actually hiring people from those marginalized populations to do the work. In terms of donations, in terms of giving energy to national organizations, those are the kinds of things that I love, getting those marginalized voices and using the marginalized communities to turn out their own networks. Because I vote, all my family and friends vote, And so I can tell everybody to vote all I want, but I'm not actually changing anyone's behavior.
0: Adani, where should I put my attention?
1: I love local. I've been local. I think I love knocking on doors. Like you said, I love being social and I love that this is a community that's actually very close knit. So you actually kind of get to know people. And I love telling people stories about like, oh, I was knocking on doors with so-and-so and they're great. And I'm here to tell you that I personally know them and like them. And I'm asking you to vote for them. Here's some information about them. So I really enjoy that county board I love county board. I love all our county board folks. So for the midterms, I mean, I think congressional is going to be the big one. But again, checking in when we've got our city council coming up, county board, those are going to be big impact. And you're actually going to get to know people and you're going to be able to get to know the candidates very well, which is very nice to have that opportunity. They're going to be very gracious for your support because it does make a difference if you're out there helping on these smaller races. So I do like that big impact because again, when we're talking about national, it gets daunting, right? I have enough daunting stuff to deal with in my day job and so having that local focus where like I can help people here and now you know, by supporting this candidate, I think that this candidate is going to help these people tangibly. So, like, here, I'm going to go knock on this door. I'm going to go do some text banking, phone banking. For people who are less social, I think text banking and or phone banking is a good option where you don't have to do the face to face. But I love to get my steps in and do that knock in, focusing on local and like, here, you can have an impact. Here, your council person is going to remember that you sent that email or made that phone call. You have that direct contact. It's a little bit easier to get a hold of them, right? I can shake my fist so much at Mitch McConnell and all these other people. I can actually do a face-to-face with some of these county board members city council so i think having that impact locally is very exciting and
2: i think that bigger impact is what i like i just want to add school board that's not in november but that is next spring so less than a year away i will be coming off of school board because my kids are both done with school and i will have been doing it for two terms eight years i feel like that's enough really 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 important to think about who's running for school board and possibly do it yourself. One more plug,
1: Champaign County Clerk has vote by mail. And so you don't even have to remember when elections are because you will get a ballot in the mail if you sign up at the Champaign County Clerk's website for vote by mail to automatically get a ballot sent to you. You don't even have to remember. It's so easy and you can just do
0: it in your pajamas. It is brilliant. I have one more question for each of you. I have to ask, Kathy, is there a hard red line that would get you to just throw down your gavel and walk out of a school board meeting? Is it banning books? What would actually get you to say, you know
2: what, you've crossed the line. I'm out of here. The thing is, if I walk out, then that means people win. I think if there were violence at a board meeting, that would be an issue. I don't want to walk out if people are proposing awful things because that's what we have to stay and fight against.
0: And that is why we love you on the board. All right, Adani, I have to ask you. For me, the one issue that has kept me up at night for decades is overturning Roe v. Wade, and that's happening. And that's why I'm going to get more involved now from here on out. What is your one issue that you look at and think if this ever happens or it might actually be happening that keeps you engaged and motivated?
1: I come from a family of immigrants, so having Trump in office is very difficult. We were making plans. We really had to think about it. That was a scary time. That was really scary. We were making plans. I was talking to my family. That was the time when I really thought, are we going to have to leave this place that
0: I call home? Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Adani Sanchez and Kathy Shannon, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank Thank you. you for having us. Have a great day.